I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have incredible actor Danny DeFerrar. You know him from the hit movie, Shiva Baby, that's making rounds right now. He's an incredible actor, and this is such a deep conversation. We start from the beginning, and we really wake our board through it. It's a little bit longer than usual, but I promise you, it's nothing short of amazing. Danny, I got so much love for you, brother. Here it is. Danny DeFerrar, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing, brother? Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on, man. It was We just spoke off air, and, and yeah, I, yeah. I already feel like I know you, you know, and you're a tall Roman and a gentleman, and you were outstanding in this movie. And Thank you. It's so perfect that, uh, that you're on because one of the reoccurring themes on this podcast is the difference between good acting and great acting. And I've had actors that, you know, are, are movie stars and actors that are, you know, literally just starting and you're at such an amazing place about to be shot out of a cannon. And one of the things that's the most important component of great acting is we're lucky enough to get lines, right? But even when you get, you know, a solid supporting and you're not in every scene, it's so like the great actors are able to make a little like subtle choices that are able to just move you in so many amazing ways. And, and with your character, I, 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 I don't know if it's if I'm being totally honest. It's if it's the male thing, if if it's the bro thing. But I was so uh, interested and fascinated by your character in Shiva Baby. I really I wanted to know more, and I enjoyed every time you're on screen. Yeah. And and I kind of kept I wanted to know more about your like the, the character story. And yeah, yeah, I just yeah. thought you did such an incredible job with what you were given with that character, man. Oh, thanks, dude. Thank you. Seriously, that means a lot. I appreciate and, that. And Madoff and 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 all the other things, man. I'm so excited to talk to you. But before we dig in, yeah. let's start at the beginning, brother. Where'd you sure. grow up? I grew up in Mount Vernon uh, in Westchester up oh. until I was around like 13, 14. And then we moved to Manhattan. So I kind of, uh, I was always on the outskirts of the city. And then finally we moved to the city and um, 
Yeah. Uh, what, and then what, we move to. If it's cool, we're, we're going to dig in for a minute before yeah, we, we even can dig. Yeah, Let's yeah. Dig. So for talk to me about about growing up. Are your parents artists or how did this whole no, thing well, happen? My parents are from Argentina and they immigrated to the U.S. in 1974. And, That's amazing. Yeah. And they had both me and my sisters. Um, I have two older sisters. And then my dad was a, a translator at the United Nations. Um, and he was sort of a, a terminologist, linguist. So he would uh, translate glossaries, English to Spanish, Spanish to English. Yeah. Um, and my mom is a translator as well. She's a linguist, but they're both, um, they both went to law school. They're lawyers by trade. Um, and- uh, Bilingual then? Yeah. I, wow. I, uh, Spanish is actually my first language. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. I'm so it's, jealous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, we spoke off air. I'm Hispanic and right. I like, I was like conversational, but you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And yeah, I mean, I really want to get back into it. It's insane how, when you grow up with a language, it, it stays like, you know, I get rusty. And then when I get back down Argentina, um, it takes me like a week and I like my mouth like, cause like your mouth moves differently with these languages. Yeah. Um, I'm, but I I'm, do, I do voiceover in Spanish as well. Um, when you think or when you dream, what language is it in? Um, it's interesting. It's usually in English, but um, the more time I spend in Spanish-speaking countries, I start to dream a little bit in Spanish. It starts to like seep in. Oh, that's so cool. Because that's what I, you know, that's what I grew up with. And that's what I, like, I spoke Spanish with my parents and my mom, my, um, sorry, my dad's mom uh, lived with us. And wow. So she didn't speak any English. So like when people would ring the doorbell, um, she the only thing she knew how to say was no home. Yeah. So she'd go, no home, no home, no home, no home. <laughs> so that was the only thing, that was the only thing uh, that she could say. So I would speak Spanish with her. Um, I'd speak Spanish with my parents. Me and my sisters, we spoke English together just because. Okay. But so we were a very, is a bilingual household and like, you know, everything was Spanglish and um, I was rebellious. I didn't want to speak in Spanish at certain points. So I'd answer back in English. And, um, but now it's like, I'm, I feel so, uh, so grateful that I have that tool and yeah, that way so to just, perfect for the, just, I mean, to, just uh, to connect with, with other, other people on planet earth is just like, in that regard, you start speaking Spanish. Um, and it, it feels, um, it feels really lived in for me when I speak yeah. Spanish as well. It's, it's a big part of me. That's amazing, man. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to get to know that. And so I'm, I'm curious then, did you learn both languages from your parents or was it not till you got to preschool, elementary school where you started to really learn English? That's, a, that's actually a great question. I, um, like in nursery school, I was speaking English and because of my sisters, but I know that when I got to kindergarten, I, I was a little, I was a little slower. It just yeah. took me a little bit more time. I think there was a, you know, like my house was Argentina, you know, yeah. when you're in there and, you know, we're in Buenos Aires and we're having asados and like empanadas and all that stuff. And my dad's drinking mate in the morning. And then like all of a sudden I show up to, you know, this just public school. Uh, and it's, it was a culture shock for me. Yeah. I, think. I don't think I was aware of it, obviously, but it was definitely, it was intense. And, um, I remember the teachers like we were thinking about holding Danny back and my mom was like having none of it. She was just like, no. So I went to like after school and I just needed a little more attention. I just needed more time to like 
learn English. <laughs> I did too. Like, In first grade, really? they wanted to do yeah. the same thing to me. That's so funny. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's just, I think it's just like this. There was a bit of a, I don't know if it was like a language barrier, like sort of this like energetic cultural yeah. shift, you know, but everyone was shocked because like, you know, I'm passing white. I'm a white Latino. Yeah. So, um, you know, at least the way the U.S. looks at uh, Latin Americans, um, White Tinos you know, is what they call us. What, what's that? What, white Tinos? Yeah. <laughs> white Tinos. Some white Tinos. And Latino uh, Guerito. And, um, you know, I, uh, uh, I'm really grateful for those experiences as a kid, though, because it kind of, it, was, it made me observe a little more and panic a bit. But um, I just remember the first day in kindergarten and, uh, the teacher's like, okay, everybody, uh, we're going to do an exercise and we're going to write our names. And I like, I was like, I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I could need a cookie if you want. Yeah. And uh, a nursery school buddy of mine who was in my kindergarten class, this kid, Nick, he's like, don't worry, I'll write your name for you. What a bro. Love yeah, that. he's a real bro. A real yeah. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm curious because you know, coming from Spanish and then into English yeah. and forgive me if this sounds pretentious, but was there a level of like performativity to tapping into English when you did it? You know, did you feel like, no, no, I don't, I don't think I was, I felt like I was performing, but, um, it was, I definitely, it was definitely intense to go to my friend's houses mm -hmm. because it was like entering another culture. Yeah. Um, just, it, and it was all very subtle, you know, because Argentina, like the, the the roots of Argentina, are very European. Yeah. Um, but you know, just like sports, like dad sitting watching sports, like football, and like and my dad, my dad was an intellectual. Like he didn't. It was he was he was actually an Argentinian who didn't follow soccer. Which wow. Was like, yeah, no way. He was into. He was a big reader, avid reader of poetry. Uh, Borges. Um, uh, uh, he's a he was a big history buff. So. Uh, later in my life, he and I connected in that in that sort of wheelhouse. That's so beautiful, man. Yeah. So uh, was, I, in these early formative years, you know, what were the, I guess, curation your parents, were you getting exposed to, you know, Spanish, like novellas and, and cinema or? Well, my grandma would watch telenovelas all the yeah, time. Yeah, so would so mine. She, she yeah. was, she was um, uh, I remember there was one called Rosa Salvaje. Yeah. And it had this amazing uh, theme song because it was in the 80s. And uh, I remember I could hear like the song, like, Rosa, <laughs> yeah, It would always be like, because she had this little television. Yeah. Um, and she'd always sit there and watch. And she would watch her telenovelas and just like eat snacks. And my sisters would sit there and watch. And I kind of just would always kind of hang in the background. I was kind of, you know, I was, my sisters are seven and five years older than I am. So yeah there was a bit of a gap in time. So I kind of just like bounced around and did my own thing in the house. That's awesome then, man. So then, you know, having buddies that didn't have households that were like that, you know, was growing up where you, you know, doing like MTV and those kind of yeah. like yeah. very conventional things that we all do when we were young or, you well, know, was I, it you know, I was really lucky. I was really lucky because I have two older sisters. So like, ah. they kind of, they like shepherd me into like US pop culture. Like yeah. all of us, our older siblings were like music. Um, you know, television, film. Um, so I was really exposed to everything right away. So, you know, I talked to my older sister about that a lot. And I think that maybe she had an even more jarring 
sort of uh, cultural sort of clashing. Because she was um, the first and it had she to- She was the first yeah. and there was no English in the house for her. Wow. You know, it was all Spanish. So I'm sure that she had an even like more rocky experience in her formative years. Um, wow. She's, she, her, her Spanish is, um, is, is, is almost impeccable, particularly how she writes and reads. Wow. Um, for me, so spe speaking, it's great. I'm, I can do it. Um, but writing, um, as we say in Spanish, me cuesta. It, yeah. costs, it costs me a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But in time, as you get exposed, it, it just comes back. It's part of the sort of the operating system, you know? That's beautiful, man. I, I need to do that myself. And, you know, growing up- want, in We can hang. We can just- Yeah, like, dude, we party. should. I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. Where are you? I'm in Brooklyn Love that, man. That's, uh, I, that's so beautiful, you know? So before we kind of get to there, you know, you, you mentioned you grew up in the suburbs and then moved to the city. Yeah. So obviously at this point, you know, I, I don't know every Westchester person and individual I know has yeah. a different relationship with the city. Mm -hmm. Were you coming in much as a child or, yeah, or that's, not? That's a, that's a great question. Cause I, um, cause my, since my dad worked at the United Nations, um, I got this education grant to go to the United Nations international school. Um, and so, so that, I, that was in the city. That was in the city. And wow. my dad would commute every day into the city. And my sisters went to that school. We would take the Metro North um, from Mount Vernon and we, they'd go into the city. But it's really close because Mount Vernon's like... It's, four, it's like four stops, right? Or, it's right above the Bronx. It's between yeah. the Bronx and Yonkers and Pelham. So there's also that... It has that sort of suburban five borough feel. And, yeah. you know, there are some tough spots um, in Mount Vernon and in Yonkers. And... Um, so yeah, I would. I got into the. I got into the school. They. Um, I remember having an interview, and uh, they were looking at all my grades. And when she was, and I got like a. I got like a D in gym. Oh wow, <laughs> that's so funny. And she's like, we're a little curious about this. How did you get a D in gym? And I was like, I didn't know what to say. My mom, I think, covered up for me. In the <laughs> but I was a big boy. I like. Uh, I like as I mothers like, do. I love. I like to eat a lot when yeah. I was a kid. I was like. So I, it, it was probably the Twinkies that were holding me back. Oh man! But um, but, but yeah. So seventh grade, I uh, I started commuting, and I was twelve years old. Oh wow! So I started commuting. I had to wake up at like five thirty, six. My dad would drive me to the train station, and I was going with one of my sisters who was still, um, she was still um, going to school. She was in like uh, I think she was a senior in high school, and I was in seventh grade. And so we'd take the train together and it was just me like listening to my, you know, I'd make mixes, uh, my cassettes and it'd be me and all these sort of like business people and, and the commuting culture that goes into, into the city from Westchester. It's, it's so many people. I don't know if it's millions, but it's, it's a lot. So, you know, they take the train into Grand Central yeah. and then you'd have to learn how to take public transportation. So I would have, to, we'd have tokens at the time. Yeah. It was just before Metro cards. Wow. So like I had tokens, my dad would give me a bag of tokens, you know. And, and you would go like, on your own? At first your... I, went, I went with my sister at first. And okay. She would, she would go with me. And then, um, then I started going by myself eventually. But it was, um, it was really intense. Yeah, because I feel like that takes such immense confidence you know like i remember being here at 16 visiting nyu where i went and i was like there's no fucking way i could ever live here you know and it, it was intense yeah I, I, it was intense but it was also really exciting like the cool thing about going to grand central was like you know i'd have like my parents would give me a couple bucks to have on me for safety yeah. you know and 
Um, so I would, uh, I would always go to the same sort of stand and get, I'd always get like a, a pretzel. In the basement? In the, down in the basement, yeah. the oh, pretzel dude, guys. The and I, and, and yeah. I made friends with all of the, like the snack dudes. Yeah. And so like, you know, we all knew each other and I'd always get like a pretzel and a, and a Coca-Cola and then, um, and then get on the train. It was sort of my treat. And um, it was interesting to have those sort of meditative moments as a kid, you know, yeah. listen to music. And I, I was able to reflect, I think, um, I was always jealous of all the kids who lived in the city. Yeah, me too. Because they could just like walk, they could just walk home and that was it. And, and they always seemed so confident, you know, like yeah, 11 they, and they, they were 24, they, you know? They had, no, they, had, they had no care in the world. And I was like, well, I got to commute, buddy. I'll see yeah. you later. Yeah, you know, like, so. And, and talk to me with that school, you know, I imagine just because there is literally so much culture in New York City yeah. Yeah, that yeah, open yeah. up your eyes to things like theater and, and Broadway and, and cinema or- Yeah, or you, yeah, it, like it, um, it just introduced me to a lot of different people. So it was like, I also, there were a lot of Argentinians there too. There are a couple. So I was like, it was the first time that I met American Argentinians. Wow. So it was also kind of, um, it, I kind of, I was very comfortable at my public school and I had a yeah. lot of amazing friends and I had some amazing teachers there. Um, but uh it, it was another side of myself that I didn't know until I got to the school. And yeah. also like I discovered what cologne was. Oh yeah. That was 13 kids, for me you know, too. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. I was like, you know, I came from, I went to a public school and, and I had an education grant. And so there are also these kids who had a little bit more money. They were Manhattan kids and like, they had like Ralph Lauren polo and like blue jeans and cool water. Yeah. And, you know, and they had the cologne and sometimes their cologne would break in their backpacks for some, you know what I mean? Oh, so like and that intense Hugo would, Boss. It, it would yeah. smell. And I, but yeah. I was like so into it. And like people were wearing North Face and like. Oh man, it was like, Gap for me. <laughs> oh well, yeah, Gap yeah. was like. Yeah. Or not Gap. Banana yeah. Republic, everything fell apart. But Gap was solid. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's where I got um, my first Marty McFly vest. I wanted that so bad. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I got like those weird like t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirts with the hoods. Oh yeah, those were And they were great. like green and yellow and it was amazing. Um, I had sweatpants with patches on them. Oh dude, so radical. Love yeah. that, man. And and then- Let's bring what, it back. While you're there, you know, at, at what point is the activation experience then, you know, or did it not come till later? You know, tell me. What do you mean activation? Of, of like, sorry, of like of the arts and, and wanting to be an well, artist. Well, I wasn't, I remember <clears throat> it was probably, well, my sisters were all in the high school plays. Okay. So, so we would go and watch them. And uh, one of my sisters, she was an incredible actress. Wow. Like, in, like it was like, it was palpable. It was intense. And I remember, um, she did a play and she played Joan of Arc. And she, she wore, uh, uh, what is it, uh, armor, body yeah. armor. And I remember the audience reacting to her, like one of the lines was like, get this, get this fucking thing off of me, something like that. And the whole audience started laughing and, and then they opened it up the armor and she was in there. And that was like my first sort of like big introduction to like, like this artistic world and like yeah. that the school like supported the arts yeah. and like acting was an educational instrument actually. Um, That's amazing. I think that my my parents always supported the arts and they were always into, um, into going to theater and Argentina, the artistic 
um, culture there is is very strong. It's always yeah. been Argentine cinema, theater, um, all the music. You know, I grew up. There was always Esther Piazzolla playing in the house. Oh wow! Um, unfortunately, my dad would play a lot of Gregorian chant as well, which, <laughs> which was always a horror for me. Yeah. But um, we grew up with that stuff, and so when I went to the UN school, it kind of it really put all that together. Um, it, it was really great. And then in ninth grade, <clears throat> the beginning of high school, I didn't make the basketball team. And my English teacher was like, why don't you audition for this play? And it was Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. And I auditioned for Mr. Mushnick. Yeah. And, and I could sing. And so he's like, do you want to do it? And I was like, uh, okay, you know, I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. And um, we did the play and I was like surrounded by like, First of all, one of the, there was a senior who I was in love with and she was in the play. Uh, and um, I was, I couldn't believe I was like spending time with her. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, the, when was, those crushes are so intense yeah, when you're great. young. It was yeah. great. I was just like, I'm just, this is so great. She and I are just in the same room. I'm so yeah. happy, you know, like, um, and I was like, I have no shot. I don't even Did know what know? having a shot means. No, but I remember we did a scene where I'm supposed to, because she plays Audrey. Yeah. She played Audrey. And I remember uh, the director like would really get in. He's like, so like, what does Mushnik feel when he's talking to Audrey right now? Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, he's like, think about having a bumblebee inside of you and get angry or something. Like, it was really very, very yeah. bizarre, but also like I kind of dug it. Yeah. And I remember like making like an angry face and like yelling at her. And afterwards, she's like, oh my God, that was really scary. That was really good. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> brush it off the shoulder, man. That's amazing. Well, you know, I'm a pro. Yeah. And so you, was it that production that really? That production, we did the production. It was a hit. It was so fun. And I remember people just like coming up to me and, and being nice to me. Yeah. I think it comes down to that. It's just like that simple. I wasn't like, um, I felt relatively comfortable socially in school and I had some good friends and, um, you know, everyone has their own sort of Demons. middle school, yeah, middle school and high school sort of you know weights on their shoulders and stuff like that. But I, um, so it felt really, it was really gratifying. And like then, like going to have lunch in the cafeteria was a completely different experience. The the energy shifted for me, and I felt um, bizarrely like I was accepting myself more. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize that I even needed to, you know, as you have your formative years, you start to realize certain things. Um, and people, people giving you good vibes is, is a really, it, it should not, it does the soul good. It's soothing, but yeah. it's like, also like, it's, it should not, go, it, it shouldn't go unnoticed. Like it's really important kindness and empathy and yeah. um, positivity goes a long way. And that really catapulted me into also becoming a better student. Cause I was, I was kind of lazy and yeah very distracted kid and was think, college always on your mind or, or not really no i mean it's a funny story my dad i remember it was like i think it was the end of ninth grade and my grades were still garbage yeah and my dad was like because i you know everyone all the teachers were like he's really smart but he's just so goddamn lazy like yeah, can I, somebody fucking tell this kid to like pick up a book like what yeah. the hell's wrong with him um and my dad i remember he got the report card He's like, so I got your report card. Oh, the silence would kill me. 
And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's great, man. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go watch TRL. Yeah. And Carson goes, Daly. Yeah, Carson Daly. And he goes, so where are you thinking about? You think about college? And sort of like, yeah. So Funny because academia was his life, right? You know. Yeah, my dad. Yeah. No, my my parents. My my parents are very intelligent yeah. individuals, and my dad was uh, a human encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, I think he had a photographic memory, and he <clears throat> he didn't have to work hard. It just it would just like download Came natural to him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's like, "So college, where do you want to go? Do you have any thoughts?" Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I was thinking like Harvard or Yale, you know. <laughs> I love it, dude. And the way you're laughing right now, he started, he laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed in my face. And I was like, how dare you? You know, and then like, uh, I got pissed off and I just went to my room. And then he, he went to my room and he, he knocked on my door and he was just like, can I come in? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's your house. Come yeah. in. Whatever, you know. Brooding. <laughs> Playing Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Very, I, was, I was definitely, I think it was March of the Pigs. That was like Oh, black dude, the best. Yeah. 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 So I app. start the rebellion. <laughs> I know. I yeah. 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 And um, he came in and he was like, look, if you want to do stuff with your life, you just have to get better grades. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. He's like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not here to mock you. It's just. Whatever you want to accomplish, if you don't have good grades, you're not going to get what you want in life. Yeah. And and the way he said it to me was, I thought that I think that was the most important uh, moment I had with my dad. I had the exact same moment, man. Oh, this really? Is crazy. Yeah, that's amazing, man. He just he. It's like when they he really leveled with me. Yeah. He didn't yell at me. He was just like, "Come on, dude!" Like, yes. It's like it's like TikTok. Step it up and. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, okay. So I stepped it up. Um, I started getting better grades. And for some reason, theater was, it helped me memorize because you have to memorize lines. And it, so then like all of a sudden I was retaining more information in class. I was more interested. Um, and I ended up, I ended up excelling in, in, in high school eventually. And that's so beautiful I, to hear. Thank you. But the thing is like, you know, I had to work hard. Like I had to, like I, once it takes me a while for things to get in my head, but once they're in there, they never yeah. leave. Yeah. Uh, like my dad was like in and then out. Yeah. My mom is very like, like bang away, bang away, repeat, repeat. And then it sticks in. Um, so I kind of got best of both worlds with them. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. So then, yeah. you know, w was that Harvard and Yale dream still very much reality for you? No. Or? <laughs> <laughs> that moment changed it all. Nah, so dude. I was like, cause you know, you, you start to realize you see all, all of the, all your classmates who want to go to Yale and Harvard and they're and like, don't get in. And no, they're the ones who are getting like the straight days. And yeah. I was like, I, I was like, I can't compete. I can't keep up. I just yeah. like, I was like, yeah. it's just not, it's not for me. And, um, Eventually, uh, I I got into a couple of pretty good liberal arts schools, but I was really, um, I was really dead set on on being an actor. By the time I was probably a junior in high yeah. school, were you? I mean, I asked because you were in New yeah. York City. Were at any point in high school, were you were you pursuing agents or anything? Or no, not, no, yeah, I didn't do yeah. anything like that. I was. It, it wasn't on my radar. I I, I was. I did an acting program between my junior year and my senior year. 
this thing called Bada, which was yeah. like the British Academy of Dramatic Art. Oh, awesome. And it takes place in Oxford. And at this, uh, at, at the time it was at Balliol College. Yeah. And um, it was mainly Americans, but there were some Brits. And uh, I learned a lot about Shakespeare. The Elizabethan Texas, it's so imperative, man. It's unreal. And we'd worked on sonnets and we did scene work. And I remember doing scene work and um, that British actor, I think it was Henry Goodman. Mm -hmm. He played played Shylock. I think he was in Merchant of Venice, BBC. You know how the Brits, they would do... They would do the plays and then they would film them in these yeah, really like totally. really kooky, funny ways. National theater live, yeah, 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 yeah all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And so I remember doing scene work with him, and I, I don't remember any of it because I was so like um, stressed out about like hitting the the, the meter, iambic, the, yeah, the, hitting the yeah. meter, and like, and then and and I listened to him and I hit everything and um, it went really well, and I was like and. Someone told me they're like, "Wow, Danny, I like felt like I got to see your personality acting," yeah. and I it just stuck with me because so I was like, "Oh, like you got to know me, yeah, by me playing a character, let alone in an Elizabethan text, which might yeah. well be a different language, right?" And I don't, you know? remember, I don't remember any of it. I just remember trying to really follow what he was telling me to do, and I did it, and I think I did it, and everyone was laughing, and it was a, it was a very interesting sort of subtle, like sort of like soft moment uh, in sort of this genesis of wanting to be an actor. And so I, I went to that acting program and um, I met a lot of amazing people. I'm friends with three people still. Um, still working. Yeah. Uh, two buddies of mine, they're both working actors. Um, this, one, this guy, Joel Johnstone, he's on uh, Maisel. Awesome. Uh, and buddy, Will Greenberg, who's, he was on this TV show, Wrecked. And he's, okay. he works nonstop. He's, they're both, they're both awesome, and we all, you know, send fun mess, uh, messages to each other. And I brought Will to the Shiva Baby premiere in L.A. That's so cool, his man. House. So it was really, it was really, um, it was really special to share that with him. Um, yeah. So I did that, and I went back to to high school, and I, uh, everyone's like, I, I came back with like a turtleneck and a leather jacket because I was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was, yeah. it was you know, but it was like September, and people are like, you, aren't you a little hot? Right yeah. Now? And I was like, I am. I'm really hot. <laughs> the and, greasy and, hair slicked back. Yeah, I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. I don't care. I love Shakespeare. Um, and um, I got really serious about it. And I did a play called The Singing Detective um, that was based on a BBC series with Michael Gambon. Wow. And they, they did this at, movie. At your with, high school? Yeah. I, the, my biology teacher... He um, he was a big theater guy. He was a British guy, and he he uh, he was he was really into doing experimental stuff. He would do That's like so cool. experimental like Brecht. We did like Mother Courage. Wow, um, man. yeah. And then he did. Um, I think he did a version of Mephisto at one point. Like he was just he you was doing like, incredible he, stuff. It was it was unreal. It was yeah. unreal what we were doing in high school. And we did this thing in Detective, and I got to play. Um, this detective who's going in and out of hallucinations and he's like, his like body is falling apart and he's in like a hospital bed. And, um, but like, I got to like be like a private eye as well. And I got to sing with a jazz band. And, um, that's when I was like, I know, I I know I can do this and I know I want to do this. Um, and so I got into, uh, I was between like BU and NYU and, um, 
NYU was where I wanted to be. I just wanted to be in New York. I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to just like grit it out and be gr- like just dirty. And I wanted to like, you know, make it here. So I'm, I'm continually trying, you know? So did you go? I went to NYU. Yeah. Oh, me too. Oh, really? Yeah. What'd you study? What, what Strasburg uh, for two years and then oh, Stone wow. Street for two years. Oh, right. Stone yeah. Street. Anthony yeah. Grasso? Uh, no, it was like, was I, had, I had Zach Galligan, Jim McCabe, uh, Ted Slaberski. Oh, Ted. I love yeah. Ted. Ted's still yeah. my coach to this day. The best. That's amazing. Yeah. I know Andy Ted from Oh, Ted. Andy Roth. Oh, yeah. D- dude, Ted. D- so did you know Logan Marshall Green then? Um, I don't know him. I know him from Williamstown just like in passing, but I don't know him very well. Yeah. But um, yeah, another great, because I knew that was Ted's Williamstown time. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So so. so if you don't mind, you know, obviously we're, I promise we're going to get to the project, but talk talk to me about your NYU experience. Well, I was studying at the Atlantic Theater Company. Oh, Uh, that's intense, dude. I'm still recovering. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure in like today's culture, they're they're. I mean, from what I hear, they're cracking down on that. Oh, uh, what do you mean? Just the way they, you know, playwrights and and Atlantic used, you know, playwrights used to do the nude thing, and then Atlantic used to be really just kind of break you to make you. Strasbourg was too, and I think now they're really trying to to stop that kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're safe spaces and the, just just totally different level of thinking than it was when probably you and are, I went. Things are very different now culturally. Yeah. Um, and I prefer, it's weird, man. I They were really tough on us at the Atlantic, but I, I don't think that I'd have the the competitive nature, the spirit to, with myself. Yeah to keep hustling and pushing if Atlantic hadn't sort of drilled that idea that like, no one's going to give you anything. You have to totally. go out there. You have to go out there and you have to get it. You have to, you have got to create your own opportunities because yeah. no one else is going to do it for you. Um, and I really responded to that mentality and someone gave me a practical handbook for the actor. Yeah. And then uh, before I went to the Atlantic, but someone gave me true and false that David. Oh, yeah. Who's who is part of Atlantic? Yeah, he yeah. founded it with Bill Macy, yeah. and I yeah. was just like, "Yeah, this is where I want to go. I want to create stuff. I don't want to just like audition and get wait, people's permission. Yeah. Get people's permission to work. I want to just like go out there and kick ass and be a business person and um, also an artist and wow. a hustler. And that's what happened. I I uh, I learned a lot from them. The first year was really hard because it's like it's it's like a it's like a it's Were like, you there with Elizabeth Olsen then? No, I think I was a little bit before her. I was there with Zoe Lister-Jones. Got it. Okay. Um, and uh, this guy, David Call. Do you know David yeah. Call? Yeah, 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 for David sure. David Call, yeah. So they were there. Um, and we were all in class together. And the three of us, we had a great time working together. And we learned a lot. And So did you stay for all four years then? At I, only stay, I only stayed for two years. Oh, okay. Um, but I... Um, you know, the first year was tough, but I learned a lot working on a, we did this thing called through lines. Yeah. Um, where we had to sort of work through the through line of a character's journey. And I was assigned Hamlet and um, it was very difficult, not just because it was Hamlet, but because you had to break down every scene uh, and you had to do the technique. We had all these different, very dry steps. Yeah. Um, 
And at the Atlantic, what I actually realized what was great about it is I learned how to direct myself a little bit. That's because you really you had to ask yourself like, what's literally happening in the scene? Yeah. What does your character want? What action are they going to use to get there? Yeah. And then we actually use a little bit of sense memory. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I remember it's called. Is they would call. I don't know if it's changed. They, I know yeah. that they would tweak the technique every few years. But there was this thing called the as if. Oh, okay. So, so it's like, when in your life have you, you know, wanted to get a donut? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then you try to connect sort of whatever. Um, so I, I learned a lot about how to direct myself and sort of under really understanding a scene first yeah. before I memorize, before I do all that. Um, first year was intense. Second year was great. We like did like um, uh, film noir. Oh, my favorite, man. I learned how to act with stillness and intention yeah. at the same time. And that was incredible. And we did Clifford Odette's. Uh, oh. Had a great uh, performance technique teacher. It's, uh, he's an actor. His name is Paul Ursioli. Okay. Uh, I've heard of him. And uh, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was a great teacher. Really That's, great guy. Great teacher. Yeah. So after those two, you know, well, first maybe tough year and a, a great second year, yeah. where did you want to go? You know, for those who don't know that are listening, NYU, yeah. you, you assigned you a studio for your first two years called a primary studio. And then in your third and fourth year, because it's a BFA program, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your intensity part first two years and then your third and fourth year are kind of beautifully elective. You can do whatever you want. So what, what was on your itinerary? Um, I wanted, I went to RADA. I studied oh. at the Royal Academy for a whole for, year for a semester, just one semester. Wow. Um, and I went back to London and um, it, uh, it also really kicked my butt because that summer before I went to London, I was actually an, uh, an apprentice at uh, Williamstown. Okay. And I, I learned so much um, at Williamstown, and, but it was also a very intense summer. So that's where I met Ted that summer. Okay. The best. Unreal. He's an yeah. unreal dude. He's amazing. And then I went to London. So I think when I got to London, I was a little burnt out. Yeah. And um, it took me a while to sort of catch up. And I had a tough time in London with like the culture and it felt, it was just bizarre because, and I had some British friends and being in a program in another country, but you're surrounded by Americans. Yeah. Felt, uh, it's a tricky situation. Inauthentic or? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that I felt disconnected on a certain level. Yeah. Um, And that affected me. Uh, but we ended up doing some really amazing work and I had a great, uh, this, this teacher who I worked on, a, a Cassius monologue with him. Oh, and, that, uh, I did Cassius for Juilliard. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's amazing. When yeah. Man, he destroyed the narrow world. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's and, exactly the one. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, um, you know, I learned a lot working with him and I remember he was just like, he's like, you're thinking too much. You're thinking too much. Here, walk with me. Come, 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 come. Come on, let's walk. Do the, do the monologue. I was like, now he's like, yeah, well, we're walking. Just come. Yeah. Follow me. And he was like, oh yeah. And then we went to the bathroom and like, we both stood at the urinals. He's like, keep saying, tell me the moment. No. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, you know, so we're, yeah. you know, we're taking a piss and I'm like, why man, he doth destroy the narrow world like a colossus. He's like, yeah. And then we he petty was like, men hey. walk under his huge legs. The people bow yeah, and find yeah, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dishonorable grace. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and he said to me, do you know this, this conversation 
probably happened like this between Brutus and Cassius. Yeah. It could very, may very well be that they were just hanging out like friends. Either they were going to the bathroom or maybe they were making dinner or sitting by a campfire. He said, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's humanity. Yeah. Um, so I learned that was a very important moment for me. Um, while I was taking a piss. Yeah. And, and two I, birds, uh, one stone. Yeah, precisely, precisely, precisely. Yeah. And I was like, um, so London went well and it was, there were some, it was tough for some reason. I, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it. But I never, yeah, I didn't have the, the confidence to go live in another country with a bunch of random students. So I, I'm, I'm very envious of that. That's amazing, man. It's a lot. Thanks. Yeah. I, it's, um, it can be an intense experience, but when I got back to New York, um, I was working on a double major in history. Oh, wow. So I finally got to really start taking some academic classes at, yeah. uh, at the College of Arts and Science and at NYU. And I, um, I really loved, I really, I really enjoyed that part of my university experience the most, which was like... That's awesome. Doing academics, but then still auditioning for plays. Yeah. For the Tish ones. Yeah. Like yeah. the Playwrights Horizons, they yeah. had all of their like little workshop plays. So, yeah. you know, I, I got to do so many cool little one acts, 10 minutes, 10 minutes uh, plays. And I got to act with other students from other, from other studios. Conservatories. So like, yeah. 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 So like I got to act with Strasbourg people and I remember doing a play and this, this girl was doing her Strasbourg thing, her sense memory work. Yeah. In a corner, in and the I was, chair, dropping the yeah, legs, yeah, doing whatever you know, going yeah. going to where she needed to go, and I really, I really loved seeing that. I really respected it because I was that's just not how I worked at the time. Yeah, and um, but then we would just be doing the same play together, and so I did that, and I um, uh, I finished my double major, and I was doing the plays at NYU, and then and then school ended, and my friends and I had a theater company. Before you had, had, had graduated, you started this? We started a theater company because we um, did this academic class in London. They had a few academics and they were like, uh, we need you to sort of create a mock production of any Shakespeare play you want. Wow. So we would be assigned like set designer, director, yeah, producer, uh, costumes. And we did Julius Caesar. Wow. And... We did it and it went really well. And we're like, why don't we just put this up? Let's start a theater company. Yeah. So uh, we did a th we started a theater company. We brought it back to New York, and we put up Julius Caesar. It was 2003, and it was right when uh, Iraq was happening, the yeah. war. And we, you know, we, what a we fitting thought, piece. We thought we thought we were so clever, like it's just set it in Iraq and yeah, badass and like macho. But all of us are just like not. We're not macho dudes. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we're yeah. a bunch of, we're all a bunch of, we're, uh, I always speak for myself, I'm a bit of a soft doing it. Uh, but anyway, um, so we did the play and then we kept the theater company going. And then our senior year, we did a Kurt Vonnegut play called Happy Birthday Wanda June. Yeah. And, and he was still alive at the time and we ended up working with him on the play. That's uh, we, amazing. Yeah. We got in touch with him and we, uh, we would have lunch with him. He'd take us out for steak and fries and, and he would give us notes and cuts and, and why he wrote the play. And he talked about his experiences in World War II as well, actually, because wow. um, he was a veteran. Um, we'd ask him a few questions about things and he was open to it. Um, and then he, we met up with him and he gave us his little lithographs. Yeah. Um, 
And so it was a really, really, really special experience to, to be able to work with him and experience him and experience his, um, his kind, generous spirit. I mean, yeah. he, was, he had a dog and the dog's name was Flower. Yeah. He was a That's, great guy. He was a great guy. That's so beautiful, man. And I, I feel like at least in my experience from so many of my comrades, you know, you know, the, a lot of the time, my experience anyway, he was very different, but you know, the whole time they were told like, you're so lucky to be here. You, you know, you're, you're, you're just, you don't know how lucky you are. And you know, <laughs> this is who was okay, here. I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. It's, I was spending $250,000 <laughs> and, and <sighs> yeah, I, I definitely did not get the create your own work thing. I had to find that out the hard way. So when you graduated, right. You weren't going to the market thinking like I'm. I'm just going to get an agent, book Law and Order, and then I'm going to book. You know, the David well, Fincher. I mean, I, David Fincher would have been great. I yeah. uh, I ended up. I was like, you know what? I I want an agent by the time I graduate. That was did, like a goal. I want. Did that happen? No. Yeah. No. It took years. Um, Me too. Yeah. What was it? Were they called the Ross reports? Yeah, the ones that were on the, the so was, you go to like drama a, bookshop. Yeah, it's a little yeah. book and you yeah. go through and it gives totally. all the names of the agents. They used yeah. to have the one across from 721 Broadway, Shakespeare, right? Yeah, Shakespeare yeah. Co. Yeah, yeah, the, I and love that story. That was a great, I would go down there and just hang out in the basement. And Me too, I friends. like that better than the drama bookshop. I, I Absolutely. really, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you with that one. It's just the space, it had a, it had its own personality. It was like this yeah. living, breathing organism. I can't believe yeah. there's something about it. But totally. I am. Um, what did I do? I, uh, what were we talking about? The submitting oh, to agents. Right. This is, yeah, right. Yeah. The Ross reports. Yeah. And so I remember like I would send out the letters. I did like mailings. Like I would send out like hundreds of these manila yeah. envelopes. I still remember certain agents' names. Oh, yeah. Like so when I see the name, I'm like, I remember I sent you so many envelopes. You know, yeah. You never responded. <laughs> no, I mean, I, mean, they, they, I, I, rem- I, I interned at a casting director's office. Wait, and the amount of Can you say which one? Uh, Alexa Fogel. Oh, the best, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's great. And yeah. I had a really good experience interning there. And Was that um, in the wire time? I think it was just near the end or after. Got um, it. And I, uh, I just remember they would get so much mail. So I, real, I finally understood the other like, side. I finally understood the other side. It was just like, there's just so much going on. Like, there are only people, you know, like, the, yeah. the people, they're doing the best they can. Like, they've got responsibilities. And so... Um, with the Ross reports, you know, I'd keep mailing and mailing and I didn't get any agents for, it took about four years after college. Took me five. Wow, dude, our stories are so similar. It's crazy. (laughs) It's amazing. It's, 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 I'm sorry, go go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you get stuck on the, at least I did the one-on-one actors connection grind? Well, I did that for a while and I met some, I met some really great casting directors uh, and that's, I'm glad you bring up one-on-one cause that's where I met, uh, Bob Krakauer. Yeah. I heard you speak about that before. And he really, I didn't really know how to act on film. And I think that's probably why it took me a while to get an agent because I was living in a, in the theatrical world. Yeah. And I remember taking, I remember my first class with him. Were you there with Andre Holland then? No, I think Andre, I never ended up with Andre for some reason. Oh, okay. um, I know he's like another I, disciple of Bob's. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah. He may have been in one class like in the beginning, but Got I don't it. remember. Okay. But I, um, I remember that we took the class. It was on like, it was on 14th street and like 
between sixth and seventh. It wasn't at the one-on-one studio, but it was with one-on-one. Got it. And it was like this sort of bizarre brownstone. And I remember we got into the room and everyone was, a re- it was a really cool group of people. And that Cracker makes it the best. In. It was, it was an ama- amazing group of people. And, and Bob walks in and he said, I just want the guys let you know. He's like, do you guys know who lived here in this, in this building? And we were like, no, he's like Miles Davis. Wow. And I was like, oh, cool. Like he's, this is, this is cool. This is, I like this. I like this guy's vibe. I like what's going on here. I like that. He's like, like paying homage to, to greats, to yeah. the greats. And, um, so I, I did the class and I, and I finally understood behavior. Yeah. Which I didn't really get. I thought it was all about emotion. Yeah. And, uh, I learned about just like, you know, like if this is the scene, like right now it's like, I'm looking down. Um, I'm holding a glass and taking a sip of water. Yeah. And those were things that I didn't, uh, that just didn't occur to me that they were just as important, um, as you know, your emotional prep or your creating a backstory yeah. because you're helping the audience <clears throat> have a context. Totally. You need the, totally. the, the, it's at the end of the day, if the audience doesn't really get what the fuck you're doing, then then you lost. You, you, you have to let them know exactly what you're doing. So if anything you do that's easy to follow, yeah. I think is a plus in, 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 in doing a scene. Yeah. So when you talk about one-on-one and all that, that's where I met Bob. It was a bit after college. And then um, I still didn't have an agent then. And then I went to Williamstown one summer at their, um, their non-equity program. And uh, I met a manager and she liked my work. And she connected me with some agents and I kind of like fought a bit. There was also the, it was also during the financial crisis. 2008. Yeah. So then it was like, I was working with people, but there were, I didn't have an audition for a whole year, you yeah. know, like anyone starting out, it was just impossible. I can only um, imagine, man. So yeah. it, was, it was definitely, but it, it, it toughened me up and I, uh, eventually things started moving again, moving. And then in 2010, I booked my first, my first, uh, my first guest star. There was, was that Mercy or was that Law and Order? Mercy. Yeah, yeah. it was Mercy. Yeah. yeah. And, then I, yeah. And, then I booked, and then I booked Law and Order about a month later. Oh, wow. So cool. And I thought, I was, like, <laughs> I, thought I was like, oh, I'm going to be making millions soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was even in the opener where I find a dead body uh, yeah. in Law and Order. And, and, and for all the struggling actors listening, if you don't mind sharing, what were you doing survival-wise while you were- Restaurants. Restaurants, yeah. restaurants, restaurants. Got it. I, you know, I was a bar back at- so many restaurants in New York. I did the bar back thing. Then, I, bar, then I bartended and um, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I also like, I feel like working in restaurants, although they are taxing and hard on the body, you meet so many amazing people. Yeah. Um, uh, and you learn so much about behavior. You learn so, so much. About, much. Oh my so much God. about performance. You learn yeah. so much about class structure. Um, you learn so much about your own worth as a yeah. person. Yeah. Um, and the, the, I cherish, I cherish the years that I've worked in restaurants. Um, I think it's almost like a, was it the Peace Corps? Yeah. I feel like every, everyone should do the Peace Corps for a year and everyone should work in a restaurant for a yeah. year yeah. so that you'll understand, you know, uh, how amazing and also how ridiculously expensive <laughs> it is. And also know, just how to tr- treat people. You know what I mean? Like just 
the, oh, yeah. the dynamic of being small so someone else can be large is such a it, it, it's it's crazy, you know, and that changes obviously when you're a bartender, but when you're lower on the totem pole, you know, you, you see the best and the worst of people. Well, when you're a bartender, you're, you're a bit of a sort of a conciliary for a drug. Yeah, you know? like totally. You're, yeah. You know, people, they have, you're in front, you know, you're in front of yeah. like what, what they want. Yeah. So you're the gatekeeper, so you have power. Um, but at the end, they're the ones who have the power because they're, they're paying. Yeah. So it's it was always interesting to those dynamics and I it was I remember bartending and like sometimes the meaner I was the more tips I would get for sure was, man Dude, it was that's very what... I, it fascinated me I was just like oh my god I'm being such a jerk yeah this person just left me a thirty percent tip wow there's there's something to this there's something. yeah totally <laughs> it's great character research and then when when you got those two things you know having that on your reel, it really does, you know, even, even if it's like uh, more water, it's crazy how much that just can change everything for you. So it, it does. And also energetically you, you begin to like the validation. You, yeah. You validate yourself and you walk better and you're like, okay, I actually was able to do that. Like I got through it. And mercy for me was, um, I, I look. I look at that experience so fondly because, like, it was my first time on set, and uh, the director was so kind. And um, I played like a drummer who got attacked by penguins. Yeah. At a zoo, and like, and I was hiding the fact that I stole these penguins. It was just a ridiculous situation, and I just, I had so much fun, and I was just so happy to be working. And yeah. Um, it was, it was snowing in February. I was like, are we going to go to this? There was like two feet of snow outside. We went to Jersey. And we just hung out in this sort of little like hospital compound and, and did a thing. Yeah. That's amazing, man. And, and I'm curious, you know, because so many people I went to school with that didn't even get credits, you know, did the I'm going to move to L.A. and be a movie star thing. Did that, you know, especially once you had those credits, did that thought ever enter your mind or were you determined yeah, to build yeah. it up? No, I mean, I, I, I always, I think LA is tricky because he, I know, I, I remember someone asking a casting director I was around, they're like, where should I go? Should I be in LA or should I be in New York? And the casting director was just like, just be where you really want to live. Yeah. And um, I, I love New York. Uh, you know, my family's here. Um, you know, I, I, I just, Sorry, it's just, it's so, it's so tricky. I remember when I finally booked a series regular. Yeah. Was that Madoff, the first one? No, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a pilot that didn't go. Uh, that's when I realized that I was like, oh, well, and the director, he's also an amazing producer and he's LA based. And he was like, you should really come out. You should see what it feels like. And, um, so I did, I did the LA thing for, I only went for like two weeks, but I wanted to meet like, my team out there and I wanted to sort of feel what LA was like and sort of expand yeah. my, my, my business, so to and speak. And your network. And, my network. Yeah. And, and also I have very close friends who are in Los Angeles. So I went and I was like, oh, I kind of dig this place. So I go back and forth. Um, okay. I've gone to work there before. I've, I've booked a pilot out there before. I've, I've, I've te when you go, you test and yeah. they fly you out there. Um, that was pre pre COVID. So I don't know what, I don't know what anything's going to look like in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. Me how either. they decide how they decide who they want, but um, I like LA very much. Um, 
it's I don't know if it's it's a permanent home for me. I agree uh, completely. It's a great place to visit. It's yeah. a great place to work. But uh, amazing I, people there, uh, and um, the the food is amazing out there. Yeah, yeah reason, I don't know why you eat an avocado out there. You're just like, <laughs> I know the, it's it, so much better than the avocado I ate on the. At a dump in a dumpster in Brooklyn, like <laughs> that's amazing, and and you know what to they get, ate an avocado in a dumpster <laughs> <laughs> to get to get you know I I don't want to take up your old time, and I'm sorry if I'm I'm over talking. No, but we can we can go as long as you want. Oh, awesome! So yeah, you know then when you to I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when you get something this, like Madoff working yeah. on that, did that getting that did that even just getting it did it feel yeah. Like this is it finally. This is going to be my calling card. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt really settled once I booked it, and it was very good. Um, it was just an amazing accomplishment, particularly because I got to work with Richard Dreyfus and Blythe yeah. Danner. Yeah, um, Richard was he was so sweet. He was so great. We we had a great time, and I remember during the first table read, uh, they sat me next to him because it wow. was. It was the Madoff family in the middle of this big table at yeah. at ABC, and I was like, I was like kind of nervous, and then I just saw him. I just like looked at him, and he was just like having a blast. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, I can have fun. Okay, so I just started having fun, and I um, I really got a lot out of working with Blythe as well. Um, she is so sweet and so kind and also very direct and very honest. And um, the scenes I did with her on a bench in Central Park, um, they're very, very special. Uh, it was, those were, that was a special day working with her. We both, we both really enjoyed each other's presence. And yeah. I'm really grateful for that. And I, I, it was always, it was very interesting to see how she worked as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, um, yeah, it was an ama- it was an amazing experience, and you know the paycheck was great. And I can only uh, imagine. Yeah, and and I, uh, uh, I I it was it was a very interesting time because my father was very sick, um, and so booking Madoff while he was sick, and then having to deal with sort of this family situation. Yeah, um, and about like certain secrets. Um, really resonated for me and um i felt i felt really lived in in that part um and i'm just i'm really grateful for that and to learn about the whole madoff ponzi scheme the whole saga yeah and i I had no idea how destructive it was it was insane people killed themselves he stole from holocaust survivors yeah yeah (laughs) Horrible man, you know, and that's, it's a, just such a gnarly experience when you, <laughs> did you have to take time away to be with your family after that? Um, no, I mean, my dad was in and out of hospitals and then we, uh, uh, I ended up after the job, we ended up, uh, spending some time together and things sort of settled down, but, um, my sister pointed out the other day that um, she's like, every time you book like a really cool role, something really intense is happening in your life. Yeah. It's like this and, mix of a good and a bad, you know? Yeah. But it, yeah. it, it has a, it, 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 
for whatever reason it, it happens. And maybe it's because I have some sort of frequency energetically yeah. that um, people are sensing or feeling. I'm really not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope to book work when I'm not in like a trauma. Yeah. Traumatizing yeah. I'm, I hope to book work. You, you're vastly ahead of me, man. So, you know, <laughs> kudos to you. That's awesome. You. Uh, well, you know, we're jumping ahead, but you sure. know what, what we're here to talk about, I want to make sure we give it just as time. Yeah, how, yeah. Did, how did Shiva baby come your way? You know, uh, it was, uh, it, it, it's, it's a crazy story. Um, my father passed away two months before it. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, man. Thanks. And I came back to New York and just trying to figure, figure, think, figure things out. And I get an offer for this movie called Shiva Baby. And I was like, I get an offer? Oh, this is great. And I read the script and right away I was like, yes. Let's yeah. do this. And I was like, I was, I was ready to work. It was actually, I thought I was going to be like, no, I, I can't work. I have to like grieve and mourn. Yeah. But I was like, well, why don't I just be busy? Yeah. And be busy and grieve and mourn at the same time. See what yeah. that feels like, you know, cause life doesn't stop. So yeah. I, I said yes. And um, I met Emma and Rachel the day before we started filming. Was this for the short or for the feature? For the feature. Wow. For the feature. Um, and it, it was a dream come true doing that movie. Uh, did, did, we, we worked in a house together. Uh, we were filming for about two to three weeks. Wow. Um, uh, I made amazing friendships. Um, yeah. and Emma Seligman, the writer and director is, she's blowing up. She's doing great. She's yeah. got, she's, she's just, she understands how to sort of, deal with deal with like comedy and also pain yeah in a way that sort of metabolizes itself into catharsis yeah um and i uh i i just i i understood what she was trying to do yeah. um at least i thought i understood so and and the finish the final product is just incredible the music the editing yeah. um Rachel is incredible. Diana's incredible. And Molly, uh, Fred, Polly, everybody involved um, was just, there's no weak link. It's just, uh, I, I, I was, I was floored by it. Um, and I, you know, you, you asked me a question about like, what's it like being like a dude in a situation like that? Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's something you wanted yeah. to allude totally. to. Yeah. What, um, what was that? I think you, was it a? I, I I mentioned how you know being uh, as a guy that yeah. I I felt so myself you know it, it, obviously those performances were amazing I was so interested in your character at, yeah. you know at, at, and I wanted to know more and I was just curious because you know it, it's obviously a I mean honestly I don't want to say it's a dark it's it's a very honest character and <laughs> you know I because. I guess you could argue, even though it does take place, you know, most of it is in one setting. I'm curious, you know, did you, did you guys have rehearsals? Did you, you know, rehearse it before, you know, what was it like being? We, we read through just the day before. And um, one thing that Emma and I talked about, she was like, so what do you, Emma, I don't remember what question she asked me about Max. 
And I said, well, I feel like, I feel like he might be kind of happy to actually see her at the Shiva. Yeah. Yeah. Because he really likes her. Yeah. And like the, I, I like the idea of the playing the positive. Yeah. No matter what, like totally. there's already a problem. We already yeah. know that the sugar daddy and Don't the sugar baby. Yeah, yeah. No, it's his yeah. hat on a hat. So yeah. I was like, well, what if, what if he's like, obviously like surprised, but also like intrigued yeah. and maybe even a little turned on, totally. you know? And, and, uh, and then he meets her parents and then he finds out all the lies she's been telling him. Yeah. But like it, it intrigues him because he's also a fucking liar. Yeah. And so I, I um, once, once I think Emma and I clarified that, it was like, I was like, okay, I get it. He's, and then things were popping up, like, and we got to like improvise a bit and um, we'd sort of just read through the scenes right before we'd film. And we'd so just it do was it. a little gorilla style. Wow. Yeah, we were all in a house. It was like 95 degrees. It was August. It was, it was, and tons but of- it was amazing because- because you're in a contained space, so you get to know everybody and you become yeah. a family, yeah. you know? It's like you're at the party every day. and Same um, people called every day. I mean, I know coverage yeah. changes, but yeah. For the most part. So it's yeah. like, it's also nice to be part of a project that um, where you get to, you build a family and you get to know people. Yeah, and, it's the best feeling of working um, on any kind of art. You, you just get to really like do that. And I mean, that's why Madoff was great. Cause I, I was able to show up on set for like two to three months Yeah, and just hang out and have a home. Um, cause it's hard when you do guest stars cause you just show up and you're like, you're the new kid in school and like, totally. Yeah. And so it's, um, that's what I really loved about it as was one of the aspects I really loved about it. Um, but I can't, I can't say there's no, I have no, no criticism. It was just so, um, refreshing and inspiring. What about, uh, tapping into, you know, the Jewish culture, you know, was that something, you know, you get this offer and then you're filming in a couple of days, you know, did you have, I mean, I, we went to NYU, let's be honest, but you know, I mean, did you have, I mean, you just, you, you portrayed it so beautifully. I'm, I'm curious, you know, it's so I have authentic. a secret. I have a secret to tell you. Yeah. I'm Jewish. Oh, you are. <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> I just assume yeah. all Latins are, are Catholic or Christian. Well, you know? well that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's, there's plenty of Jews in Latin America. My, my mom well, yeah, said, yeah, totally. yeah. So I, I was bar mitzvah and everything. It was funny. It was like, uh, I had no idea. I, 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 you know, I didn't connect to it, uh, religiously or spiritually, my yeah. bar mitzvah, but I, um, yeah, I, I know all about it. I went to Hebrew school and I went to synagogue and, uh, I felt completely not connected to God, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sorry if I'm offending any of your, no, uh, I'm, I'm an atheist. So any, of, yeah. any of your uh, God loving viewers, but I, um, yeah, I just, it wasn't on my, it just, I couldn't do it for some reason. I just didn't believe that God existed. Yeah. Um, but you can prove me wrong. I, uh, I, yeah. So I was, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm Jewish. And so there's a lot of Argentine Jews as well. There's a big, um, my mom's family's side came from Turkey. They're but Turkish Jews. It was a was a World War II move to Argentina. No, or? it was it's, it was a mixture. It was just like, um, for example, my family like we don't have any uh, connection to say sort of like the Holocaust because yeah. my all of my family moved to Argentina uh, at the turn of the century in the 1900s. Wow. Okay, 
So my mom, they were, you know, uh, Sephardic Jews from Turkey. Um, they moved to Argentina around, I don't know, 1914, something like that. And then my dad's side, Italian, um, and his mother was uh, Russian. Oh, so okay. also the Jewish thing or is no? That, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So for, yeah. wow, I'm on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's but I also, but I have an Italian last name, so it's, it's always, it's always, uh, it's always funny. That's amazing, man. <laughs> hey, so you're doing you, them, Danny DeFerrari. Yeah. You want to, you want to come to my bar mitzvah? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, gonna yeah. be great. We're gonna play games. We're gonna play Twister. That's amazing. Man. There's gonna be cake and soda. Well, you know, I mean, talk to me about Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of actors would have fully gone for that that accent and that trope. You know, what made you? to decide to play it, I would say kind of neutral, you know, he's, he's definitely Jewish, but you're not overdoing it in kind I mean, of a curb enthusiasm way. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think that like, he's, there's no stock. I think there's like, I don't know. I, I just didn't want to play a stereotype. I just want to play a yeah. guy. I really who, appreciated that about your character. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Cause he, he just, He's just a guy just like trying to figure it out. And I think that he had this sort of backstory that he missed out on his 20s. Yeah. Uh, I think that he he probably did everything that his parents told him to do. And he uh, he wanted to live a glory that he never got to. Yeah. And um, that's what he's doing with Danielle. Yeah. And he really enjoys these rendezvous that they have. And he really enjoys spending time with her and listening to her talk about going to college. Yeah, and, like, her, and all these aspirations. Her, her, her law degree, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. He likes it. He, and he likes giving her a bracelet. He likes the companionship. Yeah. The sex is probably amazing. But, yeah. like, at the same time, it's also, like, she makes him feel um, – he's not old, but she makes him feel younger. Not yeah. young, but younger. And um, – you know, he's, he's in a marriage that's not working for him. Yeah. And, and he feels emasculated and his wife makes all the money and. Entrepreneur just, said so many. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, it's, it, I felt, I, I really feel for him because. I did too. He, you know, he, and that's why I, I feel guilty. I know it's about this woman and amazing, but I really felt, I, I guess if I'm being honest, you know, as a, as an alcoholic and, and a recovery, I identified with that guy. Because I was that guy for so long. Yeah, you you can be a good person and make mistakes. Yeah, totally. And I think that um, the core of Max is that he's he's a good guy. He's just he's limited. He doesn't have tools. He's yeah. missing tools. He's and human. He's trying. You know. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's but he he really fucked up. Yeah. And and I um I I. I feel for him. I, I don't know if he's someone in real life that I'd want to like be close to. Yeah. But um, you know, also like like what is it it's called sugaring or being a sugar daddy or sugar baby. Like yeah. it's not. It's a very. Um, it's sort of a blurred line in terms of like what is it exactly and what both people are looking for things like. Yeah. She may be looking for an, uh, a self-realization of how she can feel more powerful, yeah. you know? And he's trying to also find power and also maybe find um, a little more direction yeah. and 
for him meeting this pretty young thing and getting to spend time with her yeah. um, makes him feel a little more clear and it makes him feel like he can sort of breathe and feel his feet and like maybe actually start the business that he's always wanted to start. Yeah. Um, but he's lost. Not be the plus one. Maybe that, or just yeah. be, or just be, be himself, be yeah. Max. I don't think he really knows. I don't think he's really asked himself certain questions that he should be asking himself. And I think by the end of the movie, he's probably going to start asking himself. Some yeah, real, especially real in that final scene in the van, you really feel, you know, that that that's where he's headed. And yeah, and maybe maybe him and maybe maybe him and and his wife will. We'll work things out. You never know. Yeah, um, could be. Yeah. You never know. I mean, maybe there'll be a, a spinoff of. I, I could. I could very <laughs> easily see it, man. Uh, you know, t- talk to me when you have a character that's this rich and this interesting and yeah. this amalgamation of of you know things that are are polar opposite. You know, do you go back to a a Bob, you know, or a Ted, and and work with them? Or, or yeah, you- um, I um, for this one, I didn't. Uh, coach so to speak yeah Yeah. um i i was feeling a lot and i was like i'm gonna work with what i'm feeling right now and and i do you feel like a lot of what you were feeling you know like talk to me if you would have booked it today do you feel like max would have been different than you would have portrayed him i I mean probably there would have been something different you know we're all and I, i maybe you can say that for Every role of all time, yeah. I don't know. I I can only speak for myself. Was just like you know, I was, you know, when I was on set, my father had passed. It was a bit of a. I had a secret. You didn't tell. tell Wow. Okay. No, no, I I didn't. You know, and I and I didn't want to make. I didn't want to make my job about that. I wanted to just be there on set and just like enjoy it. Yeah, um, and be grateful for this amazing opportunity. It's a very powerful and thing to do. I, I I don't know if I would have the strength to do that. Thank you. I, 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 that's very nice of you to say. I, I mean, I, um, yeah. I know you do. I know. Um, yeah. I I um. I I think that having that sort of uh, information that was private um, helped me give Max his sort of layer of secrecy as well. Yeah. Um, there was something there for me um, and it contained a certain amount of tension, I think possibly, at least for me acting, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to work with this. And I, and so what happens is I, I have two ways of working. And one of them is with Rob Cracker, which is all the behavior stuff about, yeah, he walks into the room, blah, 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 blah. No acting. I'm not thinking about acting. And then I also worked with a guy named Josh Pice. He's also an actor. Okay. And, he, and he has this thing called committed impulse. It's a technique uh, or a practice that he's created. And it's all about the physical manifestations. Yeah. That, that our thoughts, uh, for the most part, are just going to tell us that we suck. Yeah. So that we need to get into our bodies. Yeah. And he... Um, he really helped me with, with trying to like finding my presence and my truth. Yeah. Um, and so I worked with those sort of uh, practices. And then after that, I memorized my lines. Um, for some reason, I don't, I don't like memorizing first. Yeah, um, me neither. I just, it's too dry for me. That's just yeah. 
maybe it's just because I was a bad student. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, know, I, I, I so I like um, I like to like really get to know. I, I like I like to get to know the context, and I like to know the get to know the person first. Yeah. And then the memorizing actually comes very quickly. Wow. Um, but if I'm memorizing first, it's like I can't remember jack shit. <laughs> and I'm I'm curious, you know, for for you, Danny, as yeah. as Danny, the journey from from you coming into this with this gaping wound and the secret to the end of the three or four week shooting, did you feel? I don't want to say better, but different. You know, did it did it absolve you? Did it heal you? Did it did it? not move it in it, you know, like I, I'm so curious. I think it healed me. I was just like, cause I had such a good time. Yeah. I think it was so nice to have fun after such a difficult event in my yeah. life. And, um, you know, uh, it was, it was just, it was amazing. It was really fun. And then I, um, I got some time after the movie to like, sort of chill and kind of lay down a bit and, yeah. you know, um, but then I started working. I, I, I did a, uh, I did some guest, guest spots and then I ended up doing another movie in Florida in November. Wow. So it was a very, it was November bizarre. 2020, November of 2019. Okay, cool. Right before the pandemic. Yeah. So I was, yeah. I worked consistently starting at from Shiva baby all the way through the end of the year. I was working a lot. Um, and, I was really, I was really loving it. I was really digging it. And I was like, oh, cool. This is great. I can be happy. I yeah. can be happy. Oh, I can have a good time. And like, it's not a big deal if something really bad happened to me. Yeah. Or if it is, that can happen at the same time. Um, yeah. I think that's what I learned, particularly after, after doing Shiva Baby. Yeah. Was like, that you can, you can still be an artist and yeah. also still be living your life at the same time. Totally. Like, like there's something about that, like certain things just don't stop in life. Yeah. It's just, everything, everything is just, everything's always happening. Everything's no, like, totally. every, life is, life is momentum. Yeah. And so like, there's no, so I'm, I'm kind of just playing with that sort of staying present and yeah. kind of going with it. And, you know, a lot of like what's helped me with, the training with Josh Pice is that even when I'm in my head, I kind of check in with my body, you yeah. know, and that's actually what's really going on because yeah. everything else is the past. Totally. I know it sounds kind of uh, new agey, maybe no, whatever no. the word is, but no. I, I'm it's your truth, I'm, bro. I'm trying, I'm trying very, um, I'm trying very happily now to, to just be where I am. Like right now, I'm just speaking to you yeah. on my, t on my computer screen. Yeah. And thank you and for doing these it. amazing, these yeah. amazing posters behind you. I oh, love it. Thanks. Is that, That's you Bukowski, got, you got Buddy Holly. I got Killy yeah. Murphy, yeah. Uma, oh, Helena, yeah. Kurt, you know, I had to do oh, yeah. a little wait, wait. something. Can you go up again? Yeah. Is that a picture of me above Buddy Holly? That is a picture. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got a shirtless from Kelly, you know, um, right before. And I, I, uh, I told her not to say. <laughs> well, you know, I, I had to Photoshop some clothes on you, you know. I appreciate I, that. I got to monetize this baby somehow. But uh, hey, hey, man. Uh, work is work. <laughs> if, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very curious because it sounds like you had this, this trauma and then this beautiful artistic moment of kineticism. 
and then a pandemic happens and we all have this stillness that we have to figure out and live in our heads and learn to you know be okay with our thoughts or not be okay with them or fucking just acknowledge how you're feeling was mm-hmm. that a, was that a tough transition for you um that's it's a really great question and it's also so layered because yeah sorry i don't mean to no 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 yeah. don't apologize i'm yeah. actually i'm really thinking about yeah. that i think I think there's a lot of great things that happened in the pandemic. I ended up getting so much writing done. Um, you know, I wrote a pilot. I wrote a, I'm writing a short as a proof of concept that'll become a feature down, yeah. down the road. I have a producer on that. Uh, I'm trying to shop this pilot around. Um, I did a lot of Zoom readings of, of my work. Uh, I have a writer's group. Wow. So oddly, this, the, the sort of the year of Zoom was very, very, very productive. Yeah. Um, I I was able to do voiceover from my home. Yeah. I was lucky enough to book a few jobs. Yeah. You do a lot of games, right? I do some video games. Um, Last year I did a a UPS spot for, for the, for essential workers. Like there's all these like, so I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the work I received last year as well. Yeah. 2019 and 2020 business wise were decent. Um, But uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, I had to be still and the winter was tough, yeah. but I would go out and walk in the snow a lot and I would make phone calls and I would talk to my friends and I talked to my family and we would just talk Yeah, and not, not be worried about meeting up. Um, and there were some friends we would, you know, we would test and for like Thanksgiving and and Christmas and New Year's, I um, I was able to, you know, be with some people. We'd all get our, our rapid and our PCR tests. And yeah. we would meet up in person and feast. Awesome. And and so, um, but the solitude uh, was difficult and also extremely useful. Yeah. And I do feel very... Um, I feel very different than I did, say pre-pandemic yeah um, uh things have slowed down in a certain way uh i gotta imagine though they're they're picking up now with this film for you oh that's funny i meant i didn't mean by work i meant oh okay. no it's just i was getting philosophical okay yeah. i love that yeah i no, i just like internally it feels like the world at least my world is a little slower yeah um, I, I i relate to that on an until un, until if i stay in the house until if I don't leave the house, then I start to get crazy. Yeah. So that's why I would go on these winter walks. But um, I didn't do that. So I went crazy. So that's smart. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. We should go for a walk here in Brooklyn. Ah, dude, please. I'm in Williamsburg, you know? Okay, great. We'll yeah. speak Spanish and chill. Yeah, dude, that's please. Fantastic. I would love that, man. <laughs> um, coffee. You know, we'll, we'll talk to me, you know, now, mm-hmm. you know, this obviously did really well at the festivals, but was that during the, the pandemic festival circuit? Um, well, I believe the film, we were supposed to go to South by, in, yeah. uh, 2020, it was March or was it April? I don't remember. It was, it was March. That's when it starts. Yeah. It was March. Um, and you know, it was canceled because yeah. of the pandemic rightfully so. 
And so it was like, it really sucked. Yeah. And it really sucked because I really wanted to hang out with everybody. Yeah. I really wanted to go to the festival. And like, I remember like trying to, trying to choose my outfit. Yeah. I was like, I was like sending friends. I was like, is this good? Is this too normcore? Yeah. Is this like, shit, is this hip enough? You know? And then a week later, you know, everything gets locked down. Yeah. And I, um, it sucked. But for some reason, I think the film, the this is just me talking. I think the film is exactly where it needs to be right now. Yeah. Because yeah. people have been starving for really cool new material. Yeah. Um, and it's about a Shiva. Yeah. And we all have to sit Shiva after this pandemic. Yeah. How do we, how do we unpack all of this death? Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to be like no, it's morbid. I'm just like, so many people died. Yeah. And like, and it's so funny when, when Rachel's character is like, mom, who died? Yeah. Mom, who died? Yeah. And then like, I asked myself, I was like, who died? And it's like a lot of people. Yeah. Millions. And a lot of people died. And um, even though the movie is a comedy and, it's, it still has really, it has a real beautiful sadness to it about oh, yeah. not, not knowing what's next. That's what I think is, is great about any, any real great comedy is, is comedy is the overwhelming presence of tragedy, you know, in its truest form. Grounded in realism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why Emma's done such an amazing job. Yeah. Um, and the way she directed all of us and, and how she led the way. And uh, I, I'm... I'm in awe of her. She knows that. I've told her. I'm. I'm like so. Well, it sounds um, like you're doing. You're. You're about to do the the very similar amazing journey yourself. And if you need an actor, call me. <laughs> Boy, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza content. Boy number seven. I'll do no, it. Man. I'm not about no, it. No, 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 no. You, you. You will be Jimmy the Pizza Boy. No, come no, on. Thank you. <laughs> and Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy's gonna have his own uh, his own arc. Don't you? Cool. Worry. Just yeah. as long as I'm shirtless and you know pantsless. That's all I need. Um, I want you to, you should keep the shirt on, but you don't have to wear pants. It's funny. My, my first audition for Alexa was for a nude scene and I like so badly wanted it because <laughs> it was, I was going to be having sex with a porn star while getting a FedEx delivery. And I was like, if that was my entrance to Hollywood, I, I would just be so thrilled. And of course I didn't get it. <laughs> what was but, that audition like? Well, you know, I guess they just trust you're going to go nude. So you come in and you do the scene and you know, it was like, I'm, uh, it's, it's basically, uh, me showing the sex tape to a guy. So they play the scene, but then we'd show the footage. So it was, it wasn't the porn scene. It was the scene (laughs) where I show him the porn, but, uh, you know, I think they wanted more like Italian Yonkers, you know, bigger than, you know, me scrawny. Although I I don't know. I I still think I should have gotten it, but uh, I prepared for that one. Yeah. There'll be more. Yeah. yeah. There'll be more. There'll be more FedEx porn guys for you. I promise. Oh dude. Thanks to you that. But dude, (laughs) this has been such an immense honor, man. I mean, I feel like you're my brother now after after talking this and I'm looking forward to hanging man, but, but two final questions for you. Yeah. Man, we, uh, we touched on, on the question that I was, I was going to ask, but if you could expand on it, you know, a lot of people in this pandemic weren't able to do the winter walks and to do the writing and mm. still, you know, even though we're, we're getting to a much better place, still aren't able to really focus, I guess, you know, so many people are, I think it's like, you know, sleep, sleepless and 
feeling exhausted all the time are really common phenomena of, of, of this lockdown. And, and what advice would you have to people, you know, to, I know that's a really loaded question. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm really, that. I'm really touched that you're asking me that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I... But uh, yeah, get any, any words of wisdom? Oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about that. Um, we all have to like be really nice to ourselves. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think that if people can find a way to start their day peacefully, you know, yeah. not being on the phone, uh, maybe meditate in the morning. Yeah. Um, but like, Talk to people like, you know, therapy, whatever you can do. Um, uh, just kindness and, and checking in on people because I, I know that maybe it can be healing to, to give someone a phone call to, to, to be like, how are you? Yeah. Just let people know that you're there for them. Um, this has just been really hard. I know that like my mom, my mom's high risk, but she got both vaccines, but it was scary. She, um, she had to get a pacemaker last year in May. So, and I had the quarantine with her in her apartment and I had to pick her up at the hospital. And, you know, in May we didn't have, um, we didn't have the sort of education of what COVID was necessarily. You know, they, they started telling you that it was what you touched. Yeah. But it was actually in the air. And so we were wearing gloves at the time. I remember, you know. Yeah. So I would say, I, I don't know. I, I, anyone who's creating, like figure out a way to create at home on your own. Yeah. Or also don't. I don't know. Whatever, whatever people, whatever is kind and whatever that means to a person, you know, yeah. kindness, kindness to yourself is different for, for lots of different people. Like, I don't know, maybe it's having a cup of coffee and that's yeah. all you do for the day. And, and that feels good. But, uh, I, I just hang in there Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that it's not, it's also not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fucking pandemic yeah. and, and it's an economic cratering. Yeah. And, um, we also have a huge racial reckoning in this country. I mean, and um, it feels like more than ever, you know, my, even my own father said it seems worse than the sixties, you know what I mean? And maybe that's just because of the cell phone documentation, but you know, it, it is, it is insane, brother. It is just so sad. Yeah. And it's our responsibility as artists to reflect society. Yeah. I, 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 for me, it's like, I wholeheartedly believe in, in that idea that like, I'm seeing something, I'm digesting it. And I need to express myself because I want, I want people to know how I feel about something. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily, maybe it's selfish. I don't know, but it's, it's, um, it feels like a responsibility sometimes for me yeah. to, to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very moved that you asked me oh, what, no. advice, what, what advice I had for people. And it's, I mean, I don't know if people want to, Give me a call and hang out. We can just chill in a park or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, hey, that's your DMs are going to be flooded after this, man. That's so funny. Oh, but uh, you know, I, I I hate to stay on the words of wisdom thing, but you know, going back to the young Danny, you know, wide-eyed who who uh, graduated, lazy and, Danny, and 
had, you know, this five-year journey at four year for you, five year for me before they got rep, you know, no, you know, I always find it fascinating interviewing actors and, you know, where they are now and how you think all these things are never going to happen. And they don't happen on your watch, but they, they happen in different ways. And it, sometimes it's better and sometimes it's worse than you could ever, but it, it, it it's beautiful because it, it's true and it's a journey. And for all those, you know, young actors listening and that don't have Shakespeare and co and, and are in this pandemic and feel like, I mean, it, it, I think we can all say the industry isn't at its busiest and most booming, you know, what, what advice would you just have? I guess this is what I'm really asking. I'm meandering. Sorry, but no, you're not meandering. I get it. I, I think that, um, you chose to be an actor. You chose to be an artist. You chose one of the most impossible professions to succeed in. And there's a pandemic and the economy is in shambles. But if you really think that you can do it and that you really, 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 really want it, just hang in there and don't despair. Don't give up. And um, you'll toughen up. Like, I also like, I think younger generation of actors who are going through this right now are going to be so tough once we're out of the pandemic. They're going to be so fucking tough. Um, I know that this doesn't compare, but I know that during the, the Great Recession, when I had that year where I yeah. signed with an agent, and then I had zero auditions for a full year, and I was broke, and yeah. I was barbacking, and I hated, I hated everything except oh, for pizza. Yeah. Except for pizza. Pizza was the only thing I liked in that I year. I get that, man. You know? I did the same when I was barbacking. <laughs> I'd always get the two slices and the Diet Coke and oh, yeah, go dude. back and just fucking cry while I bust all the dishes. <laughs> or I just eat more, more after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just yeah. Keep but I would say the that you'll you know that that toughened me up it made me realize that you can have a drought for a year and then things can get better um and i don't think things can really get that much worse yeah me either industry um and so i think that the young actors who are coming up are they're gonna be okay and like you know, Shiva Baby is a is a is an example of that. Like yeah. um, all these amazing young artists, just like fucking doing it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, how inspiring yeah. that is. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, you know, Emma and that whole team and the producers. And you, hard. dude, and fucking you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. But the, the, the whole thing is a revelation that yeah. like. If you just put your mind to it and you really work your ass off yeah, and you fail a bunch, which you will, you have to fail. Yeah. You have to fuck up. You have yeah. to like, it's you know, way. I, I, you know, I, I audition and I, I don't get shit sometimes. It yeah. takes a long time, you yeah. know? And I'm like, is this it? Should I, should I go to grad school? Yeah. You I still I think mean? about like, that all the time. Of you know? course. Everyone, yeah. I think everyone has their own sort of escapist sort yeah. of idea of like, can I keep doing this? And sometimes I have a mentality or uh, at least I just like, all right, tonight I quit. Yeah. Just tonight I quit. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't want to do this right now. Yeah. I quit, you know, and I go for a walk or I, I call a friend of mine and um, uh, I don't know. I just futz about on YouTube and, and I, acting is like, at least as an actor, it's like, or even being an artist is like, 
it's this kind of ineffable sort of energy. Yeah. Like, you don't, it's, it's not like you're like, I don't know if I could ever actually leave. Maybe you can leave the business. Yeah. You can't ever leave your own artistry. No, no way. You can't. And so like, even if people, and you have to decide like, what, what is success for you? Yeah. Like right now, being able to talk to you is success for me. Yeah. It feels, it feels just amazing. Yeah. Of course, just like yeah. hanging out and talking about your craft. Yeah. And like, you know, having a conversation about really like groovy, fun, positive, awesome shit is, is, yeah. is success. I don't know. Yeah. Lunch, beautiful. Later, lunch is going to be, my late lunch is going to be success. I don't yeah. know. Like, I just think that people. Funny, I'm, I'm big in food too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I always think about food. Yeah. So like, yeah. that's a success. I don't know. I just. It doesn't have to be as grand and as complicated as uh, pop culture tells us it has to be. I think that's such a fucking a brilliant comment. And I think the Instagram thing is has done some serious damage. But I think the pandemic has kind of brought some of that back to reality, you know. And mm-hmm. that's some of the best advice I've ever had, man. And this oh, has been such a fucking beautiful conversation yeah my thanks. gratitude is everlasting and and we gotta oh, fucking we gotta do yeah. do something together and and hang dude you know this that is sounds great and, this and is incredible so many amazing things are in store for you and 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 fucking <laughs> come back dude please okay whenever yeah. whenever yeah. you want me yeah dude i do dude thank you sending you so much love brother oh thank you this was amazing If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.